Good morning and welcome to Laurel Heights. We are a local group of Christians who seek to honor Christ by following the instructions in the New Testament. Should you desire to study with us further, please see me and we'll make an appointment. Our website is lhmacallan.org and we hope to see you again later today at 5 p.m. You can see from the slide there are two passages I want to look at with you this morning to begin our time together. Romans 6 and verse 3 that was read earlier and then Galatians 3, 27. Both written by the Apostle Paul, one to the local church in Rome, the other to the local churches in the region called Galatia. Writing to Christians, it was sometimes necessary to remind them of their first step out of sin and into Christ. Romans 6 verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Similar to this, Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I want us to consider this morning what this means. What does this mean? To be baptized into Christ. And let me give you two reasons why this is so important. Number one, this has to do with your initial response to Christ. When you first decide to get out of sin and become a Christian. Two, in a religious world where conflicting views of baptism are widespread, it is critical that you make sure you get this right. So what does it mean to be baptized into Christ? First of all, it is a personal decision based on faith in Christ. Let's begin there. A personal decision based on faith in Christ. Please have your Bible ready in Mark 16, 16. And I want to use a very straightforward, simple approach. No necessity for anyone to complicate this. So look at it this way. You know you've done wrong. You need to be right with God. You consider yourself a sinner when you look at your life based on the Word of God. And you have read enough of the Bible to know Christ provides the remedy for sin. What He did, who He is, you're familiar with that. You believe that. As you seek to discover what you need to do next, you come to this verse. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now what do you do with that now? 
You know that you've done wrong and you want to be right with God and you know the only way to be right with God is to come in contact with Jesus Christ in obedience. And now you read this. He said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What do you do with this? What do you do with this? Do you immediately open your computer and do a Google search to see what people believe about baptism? Do you go to a theological library and go to the section where you have New Testament studies about the Greek language and do all that research into what that word means? Do you get on the telephone or use email and contact denominational preachers in town and ask all of them, what do you think I should do about this? No, I think what you do is make a personal decision based on faith in Christ to be baptized. It is that simple. God made it that simple. And you do that because you've read what Jesus said. Men have complicated the matter. Denominational creeds have denied that baptism is essential. But for the objective, honest reader of Scripture with a good heart, who really believes in Christ, this is all you need to make of this text. I'm going to make a personal decision now that I believe in Christ to be baptized. What does it mean to be baptized into Christ? It means that you regard this as something essential. Because when the Apostle Peter spoke after Jesus ascended to heaven, he said in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This doesn't sound like something unimportant, does it? Is there anything in this verse that conveys to you a tone or a ring of something optional or insignificant? Does it seem like something you could do just whenever you want to sometime later? And it says, notice again in Acts 2 at verse 41, those who received his word were baptized. The statement of the apostle and the response of the people conveys to us something that was and is essential. So, if you had nothing but Mark 16, 16 and Acts 2.38, you would want to comply with the teaching of Scripture given by God to become a Christian. If you haven't been baptized, we are urging you this morning to seriously look at these teachings from God in His Word in these texts we are citing. But let's go further into the study now and let's concentrate on what it means to be baptized into Christ. As it is stated in Romans 6 and verse 3 and Galatians 3, 27. 
First, let's take up that statement in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Listen to it again. Mike read it earlier, and then I read it in the introduction. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Let me set this in the context of the Roman letter. The book of Romans says, man has a problem he cannot solve by himself. Men and women on earth are capable of learning and doing and inventing and coming up with great things. But the book of Romans says that men and women on earth have a problem they cannot solve by themselves. No matter their technology or their advancement in knowledge. And the problem is sin. All have sinned and do fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 Then the book of Romans speaks of remedy. By the grace of God, Jesus Christ died as the remedy. But the grace of God is to be received by the activity of faith as expressed in baptism and as described here as being baptized into the death of Christ. When a person repents of their sin and seeks to express their faith in baptism to be saved, that act of obedience brings the person into contact with the benefit God provides. The redemptive value of the death of Christ, not only do you die to sin, you were baptized into the death of Christ, bringing you in contact with the benefit God provided on the cross. If belief by itself did that, Paul would not have made this statement. He says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? If you know what his death means, what his death accomplished, and you want that benefit applied to your life, you need to be baptized into Christ, into the death of Christ. Let's go somewhere else with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. This is Paul writing to Christians in Corinth about their place in the body of Christ, members of his body. How did they gain access? How did they gain access? It says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. The New Testament speaks of the body of Christ as all the people who are living under his authority. Members of his body, he is the head. Members of his body, all the people who are living under his authority. By what act did they become members of his body? Baptized into one body. 
which perfectly agrees with something I presented several Sundays ago in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. There is one body. If you want to get out of sin and live your life in this one body, the body of Christ under his authority, please know you were baptized into the one body. This is simple. It is true, and it is eternally important. And here's another part of it. When you are baptized, you are baptized into a way of life. You were baptized into a way of life. It says in Galatians 3.27... For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now what does that mean? Put on. I want you to think of this in terms of righteous living as a garment that you wear. Think of right living, righteous living as a garment that you wear, clothing that you wear. Now, what are the parts of that garment? Let me read another passage. I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 12 through 14 to flesh out this idea of righteous living as garments that you put on. It says, Colossians 3, 12 to 14, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ, which is to say you think and live your life as he thought and as he lived his life. You follow his example. You wear the parts of righteous garment that he wore. You study and comply with the teaching that he gave through the apostles. You were baptized into Christ to put on Christ. Baptism begins a new life of right thinking, right living, virtue, growth in faith, service to God and to others. You've heard me say many times, baptism is not the end, it's the beginning. You begin the journey with that initial act of obedience. And then after baptism, you go to work in the Lord's army and you wear the Lord's armor and you put on these garments described in the New Testament, the garments of righteous living. You spend good time in the Word of God with self-examination to correct yourself when you go wrong. You put away anger and you work on patience. You reject hate and you nurture love. 
You learn to relate to people in every good way. You speak to others about the gospel. You pray for strength and praise God. Attend the assemblies and long for the time when the Lord comes. This all comes after you are baptized into Christ. I want to take you to another statement. In the epistle of Paul to Ephesus, I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 3. There is a comprehensive statement there. This is the epistle of Paul to Ephesus. And there's a comprehensive statement that needs our attention. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything heaven has to offer, every spiritual blessing that you need, where is it? It's in Christ. There is in the New Testament so many little words. And sometimes we may have the impression as we read the New Testament quickly that those little words are just parts of sentences and they're, they're typical of the English language and you just find them everywhere. Sometimes those little words, when you define them and put them in the sentence, can have tremendous meaning. For example, in our study of Hebrews, we have mentioned several times the word therefore. And we mentioned the word let us, an imperative phrase. There is the smallest of words in Ephesians 1, 3. There is in the New Testament little words or prepositions that may seem to just take up space, but they have rich meaning. I want you to look at this in Christ. To be in Christ is to enjoy full fellowship with God. And the way that is worded here, in Christ, that's where every spiritual blessing is located. If you want to think of this physically, if I said this is where every spiritual blessing is located, right in this part of the stage here, and you're way over here and you're listening to me describe good things over there, what are you doing? You're on the move. You're going, to, you're going to try to go where those blessings are. And what this is saying is, every spiritual blessing is in Christ. Once you discover that, by that little word in, the pressing matter is, how do I get into Christ? Where all these blessings are. And I'll tell you folks, we're right back where we started now. Romans 6 and verse 3 and Galatians 3, 27. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And Galatians 3, 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Where are the spiritual blessings God by his grace provides for man? They're in Christ. How do I get in that relationship? You're baptized into Christ. Well, 
you know the question. And it's not so much for the audience, <clears throat> it's for each one in the audience. Have you been baptized into Christ? Not just any religious act will do. Not just a faint memory of something you did in a denominational ritual one time. Have you done what we've read in God's Word this morning? That's the question. Don't do it because as a group we like to see it. Don't do it to please a parent or a spouse. Don't do it because Berkeley would love to see it. Do it because you want your life to be aligned with what the Lord said in His Word. Do it because you seek the remission of your sins by the death of Christ. Do it because the Bible says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, if that is your desire, come forward and let us help as we stand together to sing. Without